listening to Open Science Talk, the podcast about, well, open science. Today's topic is research impact and how to improve it. Our guest today is Chris van den Breekel, Medical Information Specialist at the University Medical Center at the University of Groningen in the Netherlands. Chris, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. So today we are talking about research impact, and I know you've done uh, courses and presentations on this, but could you explain what research impact is? Uh, yes, I can try to. Um, it's not a simple uh, simple definition thing. Uh, basically, a research impact is um, what happens after you publish publication, your research publications, your research outcome. Um, is somebody else going to reuse it in their own research? Um, are there maybe guidelines changing in healthcare because of the outcome of your research? Um, yeah, trying to capture and calculate the research impact on on society, on societal impact, for instance, is growing um, growing more and more interesting. But traditionally, um, they have been captured. Impact the research impact has been captured into impact factors for journals. Um, age index, if you want to uh, rank uh, researchers and follow them in their career. It's basically counting citations. It's called uh, uh, bibliometrics. And in my opinion, uh, there's been uh, a little bit too much focus on individual researchers, while research is, of course, um, often a collaborative uh, effort and research. So we'll get into to alternative ways of, of uh, measuring this. But first, why is research impact important for organizations and institutions because they use them uh, every day. Yeah, um, it is important for um, organizations because in many cases, they are still using traditional ways of um, evaluating and assessing research. This means that uh, within, for instance, a hospital, a research hospital, um, the researchers are evaluated based on their number of publications that they've done in top journals like Q1 journals. That's the case in my hospital. Not just the researchers themselves, but also the organizations are ranked. We, You know about um, the Times higher, highest ranking universities. They rank universities um, all over the world. And of course, it's beneficial for universities to be as high up as possible. Um, if you end up in top 100 um, of those um, rankings, you are sure to generate uh, um, more people visiting you, more students come, and possibly also good quality researchers coming to university. So yes, it's very important for universities to use this uh, um, ways to capture research impact and to improve it. So let me ask you this, how does this relate to open science? Yeah, that's um, an interesting question on, on open science. I think organizations have to change a lot, um, not just open access, of course, but op open science is going to open up a whole new uh, a whole new game because in the traditional way, there are a lot of things that are not public, um, like the peer, re peer review process is not public. Sometimes the publications are not uh, uh, public. Uh, so how can you evaluate people uh, based on, on things that are closed? Open science will open up uh, things and also uh, opening up the, the assessment process, I think. So you mentioned you, you had some tips that you, that you uh, distribute and, and uh, do courses on. Um, what kind of tips are them? Uh, 
they are, of course, some of them are uh, alternate to the traditional uh, system. Uh, could you explain those? Uh, yes, uh, of course, there are um, a lot of tips that you can do uh, before or, or while writing an article that, that include uh, just common sense. Um, for, for example, um, uh, we advise people to just get an author ID, preferably an ORCID ID, to um, enclose in the article and go to the publishers to make sure that are no, um, there's, it's not unsure who the author is, and it's easier to track down um, uh, your publications. Um, we advise to publish in open access, uh, use the correct affiliation details, because again, um, if the details of your affiliation are not correct, they might not be attributed to the right organization, and then you would have a less uh, higher rank, uh, possibly. Um, but it's also um, some simple tricks like using uh, the right keywords in, in abstracts, uh, keywords that might be used in the large uh, databases indexed like PubMed or, or Web of Science. If you use um, these keywords uh, throughout your uh, publication uh, career, it is going to be beneficial. People are going to be more easily find you based on your uh, expertise. A couple of other uh, tips is um, maybe connected to the, the FAIR principles um, that we know for data management. They could also apply for researchers uh, to improve uh, uh, research impact. So the, the F is uh, about findability. Uh, make sure people can find you. Keep your, uh, at least your corporate research profile up to date. Uh, we advise people to, to store their publications in the, the trusted repository we use at the university in Groningen. We use Pure, and it goes with a, a public uh, research profile. And the researchers should keep up to date because major search engines are going to uh, very well index those, and they're going to turn up high in, um, in search results. The same goes for um, uh, accessibility, the A. Um, make sure that the information about you, your work, publications, and data can be accessed by anyone, everyone, actually. Uh, publish in open access and, um, and share any relevant research activities, prizes, awards, and news too. And if you can't publish in, uh, in open access, well, make sure that you use the, the green route and um, put your um, final author version or your accepted manuscript in the repositories uh, freely open there too. The why is for interoperability. It's If you just make sure that people can interact with you uh, or your research group easily, not just through email, but in various ways, um, you will get more interaction um, and possible uh, new communications about your uh, research outcome. So uh, any other uh, methods for uh, alternative methods? Well, basically, I want to advise uh, a promotion. I, um, I use a, a poster that says, well, keep calm and uh, um, just uh, promote yourself. Um, it's a proactive thing that uh, I think researchers have to embrace it's not enough to just publish articles anymore and then wait for uh, citations to happen after six months. Um, there's a lot you can do after publication. I, I One of the things that I used to say is this, scholarly communication does not stop after publication. It goes on. It's a continuing process, and you can benefit from sharing your work, for instance, through social media, and make sure to use um, those identifiers for articles, like DOIs, uh, digital object identifiers, in any communication. Twitter has become uh, mainstream, for instance, but it's still very useful for communication channels. 
uh, we see a rise in the use of Wikipedia and lemmas too. So people are using uh, Wikipedia uh, to communicate about their research efforts and their outcomes. But when it comes to social media, there's many people have a, have a hard time uh, promoting themselves on social media. Um, it's not for everyone, I guess. Uh, what do you say to them? Yeah, many uh, senior researchers ask me if they, they really should spend more time on this uh, social media stuff uh, uh, as they are short in time, as it is most of the time. Um, and my answer to them is, uh, is always, it, it depends on how important you or your department or your research institute or group think findability and visibility uh, really is. Um, research has proven that it is beneficial for, uh, for the number of views and, and, and uh, downloads and, and, and eventually also citations if you um, publish and share information about the research. Uh, so if the answer to the question, um, how important do you think it is, if that is very important, and I think it should be, then the next thing is uh, to really um, embrace that and make sure it's going to happen either by the researcher yourself or uh, maybe you have to facilitate it from your department or institute or the, the press office uh, from your organization. I think they, there's a lot to gain for doing more promotions on research outcome. On the aspect of uh, open science, uh, as you asked, um, there are also now a number of platforms that allow researchers to publish their peer reviews uh, in open access uh, and also engage in communications about them with other authors. Uh, for instance, PubLons and PubPeer and even ResearchGate has an, uh, an open review uh, section um, and Faculty of Thousand as well. We see that is very uh, interesting in the case of opening up uh, research. So what about tracking? Um... Are there um, other methods out there to, to track your, your uh, impact? Yeah, uh, we advise people uh, to, uh, to track the impact of their research. Uh, in the traditionally, it is uh, done by citation tracking. You can get alerts from all kinds of publishers uh, when your uh, research has been cited again. Um, but of course, it has expanded to include also uh, alternative metrics, uh, people-based or article-based metrics uh, that are all out there. Um, um, on the individual publication level, you can see those statistics. But how interesting would it be if you could that uh, aggregate that on your organization level or the, the research institute? Um, that's very interesting. Um, they show a lot of information and the science that does that, or it's not really exactly a science, but the platforms that, um, that focus on these alternative metrics uh, very interesting. Uh, we have currently in Groningen a license to an altmetric uh, uh, database service. Um, we are going to go on trying uh, later on uh, the Plumix uh, version too. Um, it is not to replace bibliometrics, but it's going to be complementary to uh, um, the traditional um, uh, bibliometrics that are out there. So uh, just before the interview, we had a look at the altmetric uh, dashboard that you uh, you are currently using. It, but you have to explain um, what is it and and, uh, and what does it measure. Yeah, we um, we have a uh, so-called altmetric dashboard for the whole university medical center in Groningen. Now uh, we use that for for two years. We use it to uh, show people um, who is talking about them. That's the main use we have for that. Um, because it tracks uh, mentions on the web 
in various platforms um, directly connected to the scientific publications of our authors. And usually you have that on the article level for free out there, but um, if you can aggregate that, it's becoming really interesting. So the Central Medical Library started this project for a couple of reasons. Um, because we wanted to create more awareness about altmetrics and the research assessment in general. Uh, we wanted to start a discussion on the current ways uh, researchers are assessed in the hospital. And it will give um, additional information. We are sure it's going to give additional information on how the organization doing in, for instance, societal relevance. Um, there are more and more evaluation forms or uh, processes where we have to show the societal impact of our research. And altmetrics is uh, uh, um, very essential in that. So the current dashboard allows us to see the aggregated numbers of mentions or communications directly related to those scientific articles on the level of the author, um, the research programs, the research institutes, and the overall organization. And, and the most interesting thing for us is that it also um, shows of ways of use that we cannot track down in any other way. For instance, the use in policy documents or, or clinical citations or patterns. Yeah, the dashboard actually uh, sorts and and uh, and distinguishes between uh, citations in policies and Wikipedia, Twitter. Um, it, it was really nice, uh, interesting way to to look the the social impact of the articles, but. I think that some researchers might say, oh, this is another way to measure us. Uh, what do you say to them? Yeah, um, of course, that is a, a, a kind of a traditional uh, um, first first instinct of researchers that are, are being assessed based on numbers. Um, I think we should go and move towards a, a different way of assessing research. Uh, open science is going to change that if they're going to be more open policies on uh, um, how to do that. Um, we have been been very careful not to put out altmetric as an additional way to measure or rank, uh, but just show them that uh, there is a lot of communication on the research out there that is valuable, possible, and we, we, cannot, uh, we cannot decide how valuable it is. The researchers themselves have to evaluate that. We just want to make them aware that it's out there and we aggregate it for them. Um, so what changes do you see in the research impact right now that are um, significant? Well, um, I tr it's part of my job to try and uh, keep up with what, what's going on in uh, research impact. And, and I think basically we see a lot of uh, new jobs arising uh, in research support from libraries, but also uh, within uh, universities being described as research information analytics specialists. Um, the tools are getting more accessible for uh, more people, and therefore we need to have a more professional approach to uh, research analytics uh, on, on the levels of organization and even uh, within the research institutes. Libraries are, are crucial in that. They can uh, offer uh, very good support in that. Doing benchmarks, uh, comparing uh, your outcome or your impact to others uh, that are doing a, a similar research is very, uh, it's getting more and more easier to do with tools like uh, Insights and also Saival. So in Groningen, we now just started a research analytics projects with various stakeholders from university um, involved and in including also the library. The times are, are, are really right right now to improve those analytics and make more people benefit from them within the organization on all levels. We know 
everybody wants to make lists and overviews. They need to. And we have now the tools and, uh, and the skills to help them do that. Yeah, the same goes for, uh, for the whole open access and open science approach from universities. Uh, in Groningen 2, again, we are starting a, a big project on open access services with actually two new jobs within the university library and one within the university uh, medical uh, library, my library. And the next two years, we are going to focus on services that are going to uh, make the awareness of open access and the use of open access uh, even bigger. Gus van den Breikel, it has been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Hi everyone, this podcast is produced by the University Library at UIT, the Arctic University. Please join our community and add yourself to our newsletter on opensciencetalk.com to get the latest updates on our podcast. Thanks for listening.